Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sunday morning Joe and Joe weather show. We've got Sunday's high temperature forecast, Monday's high temperature forecast. Then we've got rain for Tuesday as low pressure approaches from the west. Wednesday, our high temperature forecasts are quite high, but that leads us to colder air and another storm system at the end of the week. Will it be the primary? Will it be the secondary? Or who knows what it'll be? Well, we'll figure it out somehow. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be, <clears throat> maybe it'll be the tertiary. It could be. <laughs> and that's all on the Joe and Joe Weather Show, which is brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware, your superstore for everything you need to make your home safe outside or your business safe outside. Because uh, you don't want somebody to trip and fall on your snow-covered walkways or your ice-covered walkways. They're at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York. And they have it all, folks. So with, when it comes to uh, getting everything, I mean literally everything, uh, clean. And there's what it looks like on the outside on a sunny day uh, like today. They still have got some snow blowers left. The uh, you know, season's running uh, toward the end. Sometimes you can get a bargain. Uh, spreaders, shovels, mag, ice pellets and flakes, pellado, and of course, there's rock salt and still plenty around. Pretty soon they're going to be switching to swing, uh, spring mode, folks. So when they get into uh, the month of March, they'll have less of this and more of the spring stuff. So head over to Omni. As we said, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York. 631-756-1125 is the telephone number. And the website is... OmniTrueValue.com Yes, Good morning. indeed. Good morning. So I'm out of tech hell. It's been quite a interesting <laughs> week. I spent the time in the central time zone, Joe, which really meant that I got practice. Uh, I was able to practice going to daylight saving time and then going back to standard time over a span of three days. I have to tell you that our switch crossing over on both sides, it really does. It, it really does matter. You, I don't know, maybe it's a, as you get older type of thing. But, uh, you know, I found myself a little off for the first day or so. And then I found myself off when I came back. So anyhow, uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I'm, I'm sure that it must must be a situation where somebody lives in one town that is on one side of the time zone boundary, like let's say Eastern time and has to commute to central time in order to or vice versa. You know, that must be a crazy situation where you have to go back and forth across a single time zone or two time zones. So, uh, I mean, I mean, it, it doesn't happen, I guess, too often. But in any case, it's nice to have you back. Uh, we we missed you over the past week. Well, I I I we had uh, one we had one Joe and Joe last week, didn't we? Yeah, it was, it was one or two. It it was what we, what did we do? We did. Uh, I'm thinking we only did we one. We did Thursday or, night. Yeah. Did we do Tuesday we night? Thursday night. And Tuesday night. So we did do two last week. Yeah. So we got our two days yeah. off sort of in a, in, in a different mode. Uh, I, uh, as you know, I've been in uh, what I have so gently referred to as tech hell. Um, these last three plus weeks and just a heads up to everybody on a couple of things. So uh, as you know, if you saw the show on Thursday, I had a problem dealing with uh, getting the maps up 
uh, because uh, all of a sudden uh, I was not able to screenshot. If you, you know on your uh, on your computer, if you hit uh, print screen, you can print up your screen, and that includes well web browsers. Well, all of a sudden my web browser was co completely black, and no matter which web browser I used, they were all black. So I proceeded uh, to uh, at that point start to Google for fixes. And apparently there is a problem when you go to Windows 11 uh, where the um, print screen doesn't work. And there, there are a couple of very easy fixes. And if those don't work, they were not so easy fixes. So I did the easy fix. And of course, that didn't work. Then I did the not so easy fixes. And of course, that didn't work. And I, I Googled my heart out for and I had done this beforehand too because I had an end around uh, and the end around didn't work. If you if you use Microsoft's snippet tool, um, it eliminates the problem. Well, on my case, it wasn't eliminating the problem. So anyhow, could not go back. Uh, I was on Windows 10. So I said, okay, let me switch to Windows 11. Maybe it'll work on Windows 11. And you know that it didn't work on Windows 11. So anyway, as it turned out to make this already long story short, too long, uh, I called uh, McAfee, which has who I have my antivirus software with. And uh, the person on the other phone, they were great because the, uh, sometimes the antivirus will block your 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 browser, but theirs didn't. But uh, she reminded me, I have this extra piece of of. I bought some uh, 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 insurance on uh, Geico for identity theft and for any damages that might occur with it. And, you know, you install the, the program on your computer. Well, it updates. 15 minutes, I folks. It up <laughs> I'm just trying to uh, help people avoid a future problem here, Joe. Um, and at the yeah. same time, I'm notifying everybody on the app that we're on, on my app that we're on the air. So anyway, as it turns out, they updated their software last week, and when they updated their software, uh, they added a feature that blocks your web browser. And there it was, uh, a setting. All I had to do was click a button, and uh, everything was uh, back to normal. And then finally, uh, one other thing. So um, my website wasn't working at all, very well at all Friday and Saturday. Uh, as it turned out, somebody on the server end went in there and changed all my settings for no apparent reason. And <laughs> that it was a boring day yes. for him. <laughs> so that was another round of hell for two days. That's been fixed. So finally, for the first time in three weeks, I'm out of tech hell. So anybody, anybody that's been in tech hell knows what I'm talking about. So, uh, and by the way, Joe, I know you're reluctant. I switched to Windows 11. And it works fine. I, I was very hesitant. I switched, switched back, switched, switched back. Now I'm stuck because I got rid of Windows 10 and now I'm on Windows 11. So anyhow, that's it. Out of tech, Cal. Now we can do some weather. I, I'll wait for you uh, maybe another two or three weeks and I'll ask you the question. So how's Windows 11? And if you say that it's okay, it's not bad, or blah, 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 blah. No problems, because things still may crop up in the next day or two or next week or two. But if you if you if you say, go ahead, get it, maybe I'll get it. I have this little thing on my computer 
this little blue dot that occasionally flashes saying, you want Windows 11? You want it? Click here, click here. And I've been like reluctant to do that. But if you if you give it your, if, it, if you give it the Chiaffi AOK, I'll click and we'll jump over to Windows 11. But for the moment, I'm still in Windows 10 okay. land. I will, t I will tell you one thing about Windows 11 really quick that might come up. I'll ask, uh, here's the question. Is your computer downstairs, is that on an Ethernet cable or are you, are, are you piggybacking off wireless? It's on, um, um, it's, it's a wireless, okay. on wireless. It used to be on an Ethernet cable, but now it's, now it's pure wireless. Okay. So if it's uh, on an ether, I, I, yeah, cause if it's on an ethernet cable, uh, it, I, I, yeah. I, it, it couldn't, it wasn't working. It was a very simple fix. I just had to go into a, a, a setting and disable it and then enable it and then restart my computer and, and it was fine. But there was a moment of panic this morning where it was like, because I'm I, I'm I'm on the Ethernet cable when I do the shows now, so this way there's no, you know, there's no interference with the wireless, and we don't get these crashes anymore. We haven't had one in a while, knock on wood. Um, right. But anyway, we're back. We do miss each other. Yes, yes, we did miss each other, and we did miss doing the show. So it was fun yesterday. It was fun yesterday around here. I mean, I you talk about your cheap snow thrills. I mean, for five minutes, I was in blizzard land here, uh, as was a lot of people. The, uh, the, we were tracking a snow squall line, and it was so significant, Joe, that the folks over at the Storm Prediction Center, who we normally go to to check out um, situations regarding thunderstorms and severe weather, the Storm Prediction Center actually outlined a whole part of the Northeast Corridor and said, you guys are going to get hit with severe uh, snow squalls in the next, you know, X number of hours. And sure enough, around 3.30 yesterday afternoon, sky got dark. All of a sudden, the snow started to fall lightly at first, then heavily, and then we had the dreaded horizontal snow. I had about 300-foot visibility for five minutes, and then just as quickly, it came, it went, the, si the skies cleared, turned blue, the sun came out, and it was all over, and I had a little bit of snow. But it was fun looking out the window and and the wind, too. I mean, even last night when you and I were going back and forth at like 8 o'clock in the evening, winds were blowing like 40 miles per hour outside. And um, I was very happy I was inside and not outside in all of that. Tom Contino, I am not switching to Apple. I'm 63 years old. I refuse to 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 learn a new way of doing things. I'm just not doing it, okay? I'm just not doing it. Every time I use, I, I use an Apple, I, I, I get totally confused. I, I, I don't want to learn another. I, I'm not going to learn, learn, learn another technology, and that's all there is to it. Uh, so there. Uh, yeah, uh, the parts of Long Island got hit pretty good with, the, with, with, with them. And, and as usual, uh, we um, with these things, it's kind of like those summertime showers and thunderstorms where uh, even in the most uh, of the strongest lines, some people get them, some people don't. And, you know, some people felt cheated out of the squall. Others, uh, you know, a lot of areas, some places on Long Island got a quick half an inch. Uh, in fact, Joe, um, much of Long Island now is either at or above normal for snowfall for the season. Uh, so if you're if you're east of New York City and, and through southern New England and southeastern New England, uh, you've had an above normal winter. Uh, if you're to the west of that line, you've kind of had a, either a, at best a near 
or or a below average winner when it comes to snowfall. So location, location, location uh, means means uh, means everything. And uh, that big the big storm back at the end of January uh, was uh, you know to, at least for the areas along the immediate coast to put put them over put them over the top. That was a microcosm of the winter so far. At least up here, we had up here in Putnam Valley four inches. But meantime, parts of Long Island had, what, 15 to 25. So that proves the point, Joe, that uh, if you headed to the south and to the east of New York City, you probably have seen more than your fair share. North and west, yeah, we've had some snow, but nothing really to write home yeah, about. When you move her in eastern Long Island, uh, the eastern half of Long Island is closer to the western half of eastern Long Island, but no matter, uh, at 40 inches, uh, which is Brookhaven's average Probably, you know, their long-term average is at around 32, 33, and their 30-year average is probably close to 40. So uh, that's uh, that's that's about the right number. So you're either at or above normal. Uh, even Alan Casper on the central New Jersey coast, uh, he, although he had the tin cup out yesterday, I, oh, we, we always joke about the fact that it could be snowing everywhere and he's out with his tin cup and dark glasses as the ice pellets are hitting uh, are, are, are hitting the cup, making the noise, and then going over to raindrops. But he had two flakes, he said, and that was about it. They had squalls in northern Monmouth County, but there's a boilerplate over over areas to the south. So, But he's watching the show today. He's dying for us to live stream the GFS, the new GFS run, uh, with regards to the end of the week. And by the way, speaking of the, uh, the end of this coming week, Obviously, that's the focus of attention for all the snow lovers. Uh, Joe, I think it's a very simple proposition here. Uh, it is. It really is going to boil. We have the East Pacific Oscillation uh, going into negative mode, actually going to strongly negative at the end of the week. Okay, so how strong? I, I really think that is the key to this forecast for Friday because it's a it, it's a simple primary low to a secondary low. If that East Pacific oscillation is strongly negative, that's going to make that high to the north more important. That, to me, is the bottom line. And by the way, and I'll show it because Timothy Veltman sent me the EPO charts today for all the models. The East Pacific oscillation goes absolutely off the wall negative for the first half of the month of March. So it's going to be a very interesting, I think it's going to be a very interesting next couple of weeks uh, here uh, in the northeast and northern mid-Atlantic states with this setup. But Friday system to me, it's it's all about the cold air to the north with the high, and that's being the that's the EPOs in charge of that, and and we'll see how that plays. Yeah, funny thing you mentioned, Alan Casper, and I remember it was I think mid mid or early March in 1976 where we had a situation very similar to what we're looking for this coming Friday, where Alan was talking about a storm in Alabama moving up north and east along the Appalachians. And in, then he added a new one may develop off the coast. And if that develops in time to cut off the warm air advection off the ocean, we're going to be in real, real trouble. And uh, his forecast was basically for rain and ice for New York City and places like the Poconos, the Catskills, northwestern corner of Connecticut, heavy snow. But then he finished his forecast by looking over at the anchor desk and said, and if that storm system off the coast develops faster than we think right now, I could be in big, big trouble. And Dave Marish, we all remember Dave yes. Marish, veteran news anchor for CBS back in the 70s. He looks straight at Alan's eyes and he says, when Alan said, I could be in big, big trouble, Dave Marish said, so what else yeah. is new? 
<laughs> exactly. As all us weather folks know that that is the case. Um, so what else yes. is new? Uh, yeah. P.S. P.S. The, 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 the secondary did not form in time. We ended up with rain and parts of the Poconos, the Catskills in northwestern Connecticut got hammered with like uh, six to 12 inches of heavy slushy snow. So who knows? Maybe that'll happen again this Friday. But then again, if the, if the circulation is such that the secondary takes form a lot quicker and cuts off all the warm air, we could find ourselves uh, in a very different uh, scenario with a lot more snow and a lot less rain. And the- on and Friday. Again, still too early right to and say. depending on location this is this is a we're not going to for the next 3 days all the models have this kind of coming out the same way so there's no that and and we're not dealing with what we would been dealing with a lot this winter where we've had several short waves running around and not knowing whether one's going to kick it out or phase with it or 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 lift it up and 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 uh, the upper trough just like last weekend with the upper trough and the coastal low and all the you know you know that wound up turning into a big surprise but one thing's been constant here since since this winter is that the east pacific oscillation has uh, been the driver it was the driver all through the month of January. It was the driver through the first part of February, and it's still the driver now. Uh, and at, at times, it has, has outperformed. It, it has been a much bigger influence on the weather in the Northeast uh, at times. Uh, and it seems to do be, and that seems to have been the case at times where we've had these snow events. So um, I would look very carefully at how this evolves this week, but particularly these are uh, the issues that are going to be with this sto- this system on Friday, Joe, are strictly short-term issues. There's nothing we can say right now that's going to change anything. I don't care what the model does today or tomorrow or what the models do even into Tuesday, but come Wednesday when we really are going to start to have a good picture of what the low levels of the atmosphere are going to look like, I think that's when you're going to probably be in a position to 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 figure to to make a uh, decide where the rain ice the rain ice line is, the ice snow line is. So uh, in the meantime, it's just going to be for you know, oh, it's further north, it's further south, it's trending east, it's trending west, it's going up, it's going down, you know. It doesn't matter. It's all about primary, secondary, and we're gonna wait. You're gonna to have to wait till Wednesday to figure that out. That's all. I've spoken. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, my daughter, my daughter said uh, maybe because she usually comes to visit us and stay over, you know, Friday night into Saturday, and she said, well, maybe I'll come over on Thursday. And I said, why? He says, well, it looks like we may get snow on Friday. And I said, who told you that? He says. I was looking, and uh, I just realized that she is now a fan of uh, Tropical Tidbits ah. and was looking at the GFS, and and now she's she's into looking at the – but you see, that's the problem with people who haven't been doing this for a while. They just automatically – they look at something five days out and just accept it as, you know, what will happen instead of knowing that it tends not to work out that way, and you have to play it safe and uh, – see how things change over a span of time. I said, well, that's still, and last night it was, what, five days, six days out. I said, things are going to change. So things yep. could change, and we'll, we'll, we'll see, as you just said. We'll see. By, by Wednesday and Thursday, I think we'll have a, a much better handle and maybe even be able to say, get your snow shovels out, or it's going to be another disappointment, guys, that kind of stuff. But we'll, we'll wait. By the we'll way, wait. the um, 
one thing I, I, I put up on the chat board, I pinned a link at the top of the chat board for those of you who are interested, as we often talk about the teleconnections, especially in the winter time. And uh, we don't always get into a, a good explanation about them, but the University of Wisconsin has a really good set of uh, web pages in there. It's actually one web page, and you can just kind of click on the teleconnection you want, and it explains each one. And it's relatively easy to understand. So you can see what the what the uh, positive and negative readings on those teleconnections, be it the Pacific North America Index, the North Atlantic Oscillation, the East Pacific Oscillation, or the EPO, which is what we, we're, we're going to be focused on today. Uh, it'll explain to you why those things matter and what the jet stream pattern looks like uh, and, and what the results are of such jet stream patterns uh, when uh, they're in a positive mode or in a negative mode. So if you have questions about that, go to that link and, and, and read through and look at the graphics. And then if you still have questions, we'd be more than happy to take them, which you can leave on the chat board, which Joe Rayo is monitoring uh, on a regular basis, just standing there, you know, re, you know paying close attention. So uh, he will uh, pass along uh, any uh, pertinent, you know, any pertinent information or questions that you may have regarding that or anything else. So shall we get started? My better half is also my better half is also monitoring the chat board and uh, answering questions. For example, Keith uh, James was it said, why did they, you know, the, he was, uh, uh, you know, the, the constant uh, ringing of his phone yesterday in advance of the upcoming uh, or the advance of the uh, snow squalls. He said, why did the weather service do that? Why do they put out all these alerts? And my phone kept buzzing. And the reason is, Keith, and uh, Renata mentioned it also on the chat board, is that you get a five or ten minute squall that passes through. You're on the roadway and all of a sudden the sky turns black and your visibility is cut down to almost zero. They want to alert you to that. They want to let you know that this is coming your way. And that's why your phone was buzzing and ringing and going crazy during the mid-afternoon hours yesterday. It's not that they love to make your phone go buzz and ring and, you know, that kind of stuff. There's a purpose to that. And uh, and if they and if you didn't hear it the first time, they do it more than once. And that's that's basically the reason why what was happening yesterday on your phone happened. And let me just tell you that, you know, for five or ten minutes, again, a cheap thrill, but it was it was really something interesting to see, you know, that uh, all of a sudden it's coming down like like a bandit. And then five minutes later, it's out and it's gone. Yeah, so it, I'm glad I was inside when all that happened and not on the road when that when that happened, because it could get a little nasty when all of a sudden you lose sight of who's in front of you. They, they had a shut uh, in, in Pennsylvania. They had to shut down I-81 for a while yesterday because the snow squalls were so bad. So, I mean, most most, yeah, most they, yeah. they, they lasted a lot longer there than they did here. But uh, but. Nonetheless, yeah, it can be pretty scary if you're out on the road and suddenly, because it comes so quickly, it's like a summertime thunderstorm. You don't, you don't just suddenly gradually right. see your visibility go down. You go from five miles or seven miles or whatever your visibility is to zero in like a minute, uh, you know, you, you or less. Uh, you're gonna have a problem. So yeah, the the alerts are uh, right. certainly very uh, very important. Okay, so. Um, it's like the old joke. It's like the it's like the old joke about the guy who couldn't see anything except the taillights of the car in front of him, and so he was follow in a, in a in a blizzard. He's following the guy's taillights, and he's he's slowly but surely creeping along. Then all of a sudden, the guy in front of him stops suddenly, and he rams the guy in the back, and he rolls the window down. And he says, "Hey, 
Why the heck did you stop? And the guy out in front of him says, why not? It's my driveway. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, oh, good. Don't tell Chuck Cardillo that joke because he got hit coming out of his driveway. So I don't know if he's yeah, on the board today. Yeah. All right, we got the satellite up, and uh, it's not really a pretty nice day. There's some patchy clouds now rolling through a little uh, uh, cloud cover there in upstate New York. And that's some of the warmer air that's starting to push eastward because we're going to warm this cold air mass, Joe, goes out very quickly. And uh, then it's going to warm up you know, fast. So you're going to go from the 30s today to the 50s tomorrow. And uh, most of the weather around the country is pretty quiet. There is some action, though, that uh, we need to look at as far as what's going on in the northern plains and back in the northern Rockies. We've got a whole slew of winter storm warnings up uh, through much of the state of Montana uh, and into parts of, uh, of uh, that's North Dakota. And we also have uh, winter storm watches, winter weather advisories uh, extending down into Wyoming. And we have blizzard warnings up for northeastern North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. I think that's like the third time this week that uh, they've got uh, blizzard warnings up. Also seeing some winter weather advisories uh, in the west, uh, in uh, Oregon, northern California, right along the coast going up to, to the Washington border, and then further north up the mountains into the Cascades. We've got some leftover wind advisories up around the Great Lakes, uh, both uh, Ontario and Erie on the New York side and on the Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois side near Chicago. Um, otherwise, <clears throat> it's relatively quiet. Uh, across uh, uh, much of the nation. Uh, the red flag warnings in, in northern Texas they have a serious fire risk there because it's been bone dry for quite a while. So um, uh, folks there, you know, just kind of being extra careful to, to prevent any kind of uh, wildfires from breaking out. But we don't have any major storms, major activity going on. The radar is uh, fairly quiet, uh, except right along the border states with Canada. you got Precip moving into Washington. You can see the snow through Montana going into South Dakota, seeing a little bit of snow there up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. What else is new there? And a little bit of precip aloft up in northern Vermont. Otherwise, uh, the radars are just about on vacation uh, with a couple of little showers there showing up in parts of uh, Texas in and around uh, Del Rio, uh, seeing a couple of light sprinkles there and along the Texas coast. But that's really about it as far as uh, as far as that goes and uh okay so you know what i think we could probably roll along uh to uh what uh, wpc is doing so we'll start with uh the two inch uh forecast or more uh that uh, is, they've got set up so this takes us joe to 12z when wednesday and of course snow not being an issue here uh, except for northern maine uh, and back up uh, into uh, the Upper Peninsula, Michigan, Wisconsin. You can see a large area starting with the light, the the blue of 40 to 50 percent or better. Big area of red there of 95 percent or better. And also that extends down into Colorado, uh, Utah, Nevada, uh, western uh, the eastern part of California in the Sierra Nevadas, and uh, also up into northern Arizona. So you kind of can see where the flow is if you want to. Just sort of look at the base of the jet being at the bottom of where the snow area is. you got a trough, troughing in the west, and you've got a ridge in a ridge position here in the east. And for the end of the week, Joe, <clears throat> uh, WPC on their long range, and this was issued last night. So this is for 
let me pick a day. So let's go for Friday. In, this is for Thursday into Friday. So this is actually through Friday morning. And let me just fix the state border so you can see it. So they've got a, the southern edge of 30 to 50 percent at 195. And then running down uh, into southeastern Pennsylvania, except the extreme southeast part near the Jersey state line, 10 to 30 uh, to uh, southern Delaware, uh, down to Washington, D.C., Baltimore, northeastern Virginia. Uh, the 30 to 50 also for much of, of uh, southeastern and southern New England. Uh, 50 to 70 in Western Mass, uh, right a little, maybe just south of Route 84, Northwest Jersey, the northern half of PA for the most part in uh, 50 to 70. So this is Thursday into Friday. Let me look at Friday into Saturday, see what because this is going to start probably Thursday night. So Friday into Saturday, I'll fix the state borders again. And uh, wait, that was. That was Thursday to Friday. Okay, so Friday to Saturday. There you go. So they still have 10 to 30 down to Cape May. They got 30 to 50 in uh, Connecticut except the southeast. Uh, and they've got the 50 to 70 from northern Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, and a small portion of northeastern New York. So WPC seems to be bullish on something happening. This is the probability of snow, sleet equivalent, uh, exceeding a quarter of an inch of liquid. So where it's all snow, it's three inches plus. Uh, for everybody else, it's it's more of a mix. That's going to depend on where the rain snow line is. But you can see that they're 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 looking at this, and this is a pretty bullish forecast for them this early in the game. Yep, it is. Um, somebody on the chat board was talking about the Euro the European being warmer than the GFS. I have not had a chance to look at either the 0Z or the more recent updated 6Z run to see whether or not... Well, 6Z only goes out 90 hours, so that's not going right. to help us. We have to deal with the uh, with last night's 0Z run uh, to see to see that. But uh, the, he said, uh, um, quoting here on the chat board, it looked like the European was warmer than the GFS. And it, and it was. And, 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 it, and it it's simply a matter of the fact that the European holds on to the... The European and the Canadian hold on to the primary longer, and the uh, GFS... Um, does not. And again, this goes back to what we said at the beginning. It's all about the uh, EPO. So let's do let's let's do some modeling. Let's look. I've got the icon up because I had it up before because that's one of the first ones to come out. Please bear in mind, folks, when you look at the icon model, that it does not show sleet or freezing rain. It just shows snow or rain or rain. So you have to use your imagination as to where the you know what's what on the northern edge of that rain is probably sleet and freezing rain. But here's the system now for Tuesday. And of course, you know, the, the tonight's temperatures are not going to go down very far because the wind is going to go west southwest. And then it's actually going to start to turn a little more southerly. It starts to prime up this next low to come out of the plains that runs up into the Great Lakes and then heads up into New England. So this Joe looks kind of like the system from last Thursday, Friday. The only difference is that the 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 uh the it's not as strong the, the high offshore is further out and not as strong the gradient is not as tight so i'm not thinking we're going to get any kind of wind advisories it might get a little gusty but i don't think it's going to get crazy windy with the low going so far to the north and then that goes out now you start to see that big cold high in minnesota and you begin to also see overrunning precip breakout through kentucky 
uh, Tennessee. Uh, and the high builds over by Thursday afternoon, Joe. You got a 10:40 high that's north of Lake Ontario, and you can see the uh, the highs building down the coast. So you're getting that the low levels here are th- th- this is a cold high. The, the low levels are going to be rather cold, and now we've got our low. So let's see what it does. That's got a primary here that goes into northern West Virginia. So uh, the icon starts it as snow uh, on uh, Thursday night. And then it, it it still has the dark blue snow just at about or just just barely north of New York City by Friday morning. The primary is in northern West Virginia, and you can see the secondary here right there. There's this closed isobar that's sitting just southeast of Atlantic City, and then that see that the icon holds on to the primary and moves it up into western New York, and the secondary doesn't really take over until it's up in Boston. So if that happens, yeah, it changes to rain, obviously. You have a thumping of snow maybe at the beginning, and then it goes over to rain, uh, sleet sleet and freezing rain, and then rain. So we got the icon still kind of showing a a primary that that, uh, holds on uh, a lot longer. So that's that's one solution. Now shall we go to the GFS, the new GFS, and see what that did? Yes, why don't we? Okay. Okay, so what do you think? Before we, I, I bring it up, um, do you, you think it holds on to the primary longer than it did on the prior run or not? What's your guess? I, I, think, I think this time around, well, as I said, I think that there are differences between the 0Z and the 12Z. I always think the 12Z <clears throat> overall of the two primary runs is a little bit more on target for what may or may not happen. Uh, so I, I think uh, I think there'll be more of an emphasis on the primary versus the secondary on the uh, on the 12 ZGFS. Right. So why don't we see and take a look and see what what the story is on that? All right. So here we go. And it's looking more that uh, and and overall it's it, for me at least where I am, I'm thinking more of an ice or sleet event as opposed to a snow event. If we talk about more in terms of frozen precip versus liquid precip here. Which is entirely, you know, it's entirely reasonable. Uh, This low for Tuesday, by the way, goes further west, even in the in the middle Mississippi Valley. So uh, this time around, Chicago, for example, probably gets more rain than anything else. Maybe a little bit of snow at the end and the low tracking over Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. There it goes into Canada. Uh, It could be before the cold air gets back here on Wednesday. Uh, depending on how much sun we get, because we have to wait for a secondary, kind of a secondary front to go by. Uh, I think it could be in the 60s on Wednesday before before the cold air comes in. Yeah, I believe it. And then we'll be. And I then believe it. it. Hey, look, the other day, the other the other day when we had 60, we had 61 here at my house, and I said, God, if we only had sunshine to work with this, I'd probably be in the 70s yeah. right now. We have another shot of that maybe by midweek this week. And we are getting into the time of the winter now where under certain conditions, the warm-ups in between weather systems, especially when you have systems going to your west, uh, the warm-ups between weather systems uh, start to get more more and more significant. And it's it's not that difficult to push temperatures up into the 60s this this time of year under the right circumstances. Uh, And Wednesday may be such a circumstance. Meanwhile, uh, the snow... Uh, is from this system for Tuesday, you see that piece that goes over the northern lakes, then there's another piece behind it uh, that matches up with what WPC did. So here we go. 
we got this front that goes through. The high starts to build. Here comes the precip from the, the the next low. The low, and here's something interesting. This is Friday morning. This is 1 a.m. on Friday, Joe. The low is in central Tennessee, so it's a little further south here, and it's got snow into Long Island uh, to uh, just north of you. It's got some darker blue snow in northern New Jersey, sleet south of 195 all the way down to, to almost to Cape May, southern PA to Maryland, a 1038 high north of Lake Ontario. So I'm going to hit the, the arrow key and go to the next one. Now here's Friday morning. It's got a low in West Virginia, northern West Virginia. The high is pressing in. You still have all snow north of Route 195 in New Jersey, the northern half of PA, Long Island, New York City, all in that darker blue snow, lighter blues up to the north. And you see the secondary here. This is kind of interesting uh, on the GFS. The secondary is actually pretty far south. It's 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 off the uh, southern part, southeast of the southern part of the Delmarva Peninsula. So that's Friday morning. So at least in the world of the GFS, and even on the icon, it'll be snowing. You know, maybe it'll be snowing reaching up uh, uh, New York City by um, uh, midnight Thursday night. Maybe a little bit sooner than that in Philadelphia uh, and in Washington. Uh, so now we go to the next one. Now here again, you've got a secondary low. There's one little low east of Atlantic City. There's a model print low, and it's not a deep low. It's a 10:15 low. What is that? That's out at um, 39 and about 69. It's got sleet in northern New Jersey, sleet and some rain on Long Island, and this would be near the end of the event anyway. And, you know, it's all snow when you go north of Route 84. And then, of course, you start to see the cold air collapse back on the backside uh, during Saturday afternoon, and that's out. By the way, I'm not looking at the radar here. I'm looking at the actual precip. Uh, so uh, I thought that would give a better view today. So the GFS... Uh, if anything, I wanted just to see the snow numbers. I'll see them off uh, off camera a little later. Uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes, I'll take a look. Uh, the uh, I would say the numbers, because it did give some big numbers uh, on the snow maps uh, from New York City northward in a narrow band. So I imagine on this run, it's probably going to do the same. Maybe it's a little bit further to the south, and then uh, it goes out. So I don't think this run was any further north than what the prior, the last two runs were as far as I'm concerned. And, and Joe, I go back to what I said at the very beginning. The models are going to do what they're going to do between now and Wednesday. It's all about this guy up here. It's all about this and how much cold air dams down uh, from that high into uh, Pennsylvania and New Jersey and southern New England and how long does it hold on, and that's going to be uh, dependent on the secondary. It's a fairly simple, straightforward uh, situation as far as I'm concerned. Well, on the GFS, you were asking about. Oh, by the uh, way, I wanted to look at the. By story. the way, that was the six Z. That yeah. was the six Z run. <laughs> I just realized I had to descend to the six Z. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. We have to go through all the snow with the. So now we Z. got. Uh, we got to go over it again. I'm s uh, brain damage. Well, no, it was Joe. supposed. I had the 12Z icon, so the 12Z icon should have automatically switched to the 12Z GFS, which it did not do. Okay, so look, we'll let the we'll, we'll just run this a little faster, and I'll go right to where we were. 
So there's the first thing we know about Tuesday. Gets colder, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so here we go. This is Thursday morning. All that precip breaking out, uh, arcing to the east into Virginia and Tennessee by Thursday afternoon. Fr Thursday evening. Oh, now here it is. Uh, the low is in southeastern Kentucky, right along the Tennessee state line. The actual, the rain snow line is a little further south at, uh, at 1 a.m. The high is at 1040 north of Plattsburgh, not too far from Montreal, maybe southwest of Montreal. Friday morning, it's still all snow in northern New Jersey and right down Monmouth into northern Ocean County, Alan, if you're watching, and all of Long Island. But what's what, what's interesting here, Joe, is if you look at the isobars, you see how, you know, it's got that little, not that it's going to look like this, I'm just, just saying from how the map is drawn, it's kind of showing you that that high to the north is trying to dam down cold air if it's forcing snow, if it's showing snow on Long Island and in coastal New Jersey and it's got sleet that's pushing up into northeastern PA, you can see the little bends in the isobars down the Hudson Valley. So that's kind of telling you that the GFS is sort of hinting that the height of the north here is a, is, a, is is very important in the outcome. Uh, your secondary is off the, Del, the, the the southern part of the Delmarva Peninsula. And then by Friday afternoon, they got one center sitting right at Sandy Hook, but the isobar is offshore. The closed isobar is offshore, so... The low is there. The rain snow line is just about the the ice rain line is just about to the city or just north, and then it's done after that. So I, this at least I think would indicate that there'll be a decent front end thumping before any change uh, to rain happens, uh, and then that goes out. And the European was implying for something next Monday. <clears throat> the GFS doesn't have anything really other than a passing cold front that comes through and cold air that comes in with another high and then who knows what happens after that in the long range so that's what the gfs does and i i, I don't think it really gives you any more ins it's it's not telling us joe anything more than we already know silence <laughs> nothing for me to nothing more for me to say and nothing more for me to add you're absolutely right and i do and don't forget that that yeah the high is always going to be the main player if people always look when they're looking for a storm they're always looking at the storm itself but the high is if you if you want snow or any kind of freezing precipitation you're going to have to look and concentrate more on what the high is going to do as opposed to the storm it's the game and and in the upper upper level of the atmosphere, it's it's the game. If they, if they were a game show for meteorologists and forecasters, the best the best uh, name for that game would be splits and blocks, because that's that's what it all boils down to. It's the game of splits and blocks, and uh, we're just going to have to see, you know, whether the high is going to act as a big cold block in the atmosphere, whether or not the the low is going to split off and uh, rotate negatively. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what what else could I say? And we're talking about the, and we're talking again about. I want to stress this? This is an event for Friday. It's only Sunday. We've got five full days in front of us, and uh, with these models, a lot can change between now and then. We'll have to wait. You know, when all of the uh, when all is said and done, and that's why I said, you know, really the, the best model is the is the NAM because the NAM doesn't go any further out than 84 hours. It's, if you, if you want to know what was going to happen beyond 84 hours and you were relying on the NAM, you had to use your imagination. Meanwhile, these models, the GFS, the, the Canadian, all these models that go out beyond 84 hours, they show you their interpretation of what's going to happen. And sometimes 
their interpretation is wrong. I have the Canadian up, and the Canadian looks like it's a little colder than what it was on the prior run. Not by a lot, but it looks like to me, just eyeballing it, it's a little bit colder. Interesting, we don't want to leave these folks out here with this thing for the end of the week because we do see also significant snow and icing in parts of Oklahoma, eastern Oklahoma, northern Arkansas, and, and into the Ohio Valley. It's got a fairly solid surge of snow and ice moving into Missouri, uh, Illinois, especially central and southern Illinois, uh, central and southern Indiana, uh, central and northern Ohio, and into Pennsylvania. Uh, New England, it's mostly snow, especially up in central and northern New England. What's new there? Uh, and then that goes out. So, uh, you know, kind of interesting. I think you're going to see this sort of, you know, these. It it it's so. The upper air is so simple, and I and I think that's that's worth looking at here. That there's not a whole lot of room for. Uh, you know, big things to change here. It's 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 again going back to a simple matter of of uh, of, of the primary, secondary, and the height of the north. So just looking at the Canadian, for example, I mean, we have a ridge. We're in a ridge position here. It's a flattish ridge. As each one of these storm systems goes by, the ridge that follows is a little bit weaker, and that's really what's that, that's the other thing that's important here. These storm systems that you know, starting with last Thursday, uh, and I can go back to last Thursday here as soon as I can roll back far enough. Again, this is the Canadian model view. Uh, we had a big ridge here along the East Coast with that trough uh, down from the plains to the Rockies. So the first system on Thursday, Friday last week dented. You notice what happens to that ridge, how it gets flattened as the big upper trough that went through yesterday and produced the snow squalls. That's, that's it right there. Then that goes out. The ridge pops back up, but it doesn't pop up nearly as strongly as it did the last time. So now we got the Tuesday system rolling through. That's going to dent the ridge to an extent, but it still leaves it on the flattish side. So as long as that ridge stays flat off the south, relatively flat off the southeast coast, and then you start to see the influence of the trough to the west coming in, that is, you know, that's going to start to flatten the flow even more, and, and you start to see, you know, again, the height of the north being the more important, being the very, very, very important player here. Um, but look at that trough, Joey. Is that not bizarre? I mean, you don't know if you don't see troughs usually in that kind of. Look at how it's almost east-west from southeastern Canada all the way back to Nevada. That's crazy. Look at that. I'm thinking, I'm all of a sudden, my I, I'm, I'm thinking of silly putty. Remember? Look at this. They used to show how silly putty. You could, you could stretch it. Talk about that. That is a that, that That's wow. weird. That's that's a very uh, – I'm trying to recall the last time I saw something like this. I, I, I can't seem to recall it. Let's uh, let's bring the GFS back up. I mean, it's not quite as stretched as – this might be the difference with the GFS and the fact that the GFS is probably not as stretched out the way the, G, the Canadian is. So that maybe allows the ridge to be a little bit flatter uh, in the east. You know, that, that could that could be the primary difference in terms of the subtle changes that you the subtle differences that you see in the two models. So, um, yeah, like I said, not going to learn anything new here uh, overall. Yeah. No. Nothing. nothing. You have nothing no. to add. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, you know, what do we? What, you know, that that stretched out. I mean, that's a positive. That's a positively tilted trough to end all positively tilted troughs. That's that's 
That's for sure. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> question. Now, uh, I mentioned the East Pacific Oscillation, so I saved... I've got uh, the uh, teleconnections here, and we can take a look at the long range. I also figured out how to make this bigger and legible, which is even better. So now I can actually see the dates. So uh, Thursday into Friday, all right? So this is the EPO of the European. And thanks to Timothy Veltman, by the way, for sending this to me. Uh, so this is the East Pacific Oscillation uh, of the European. And just notice that you get this dip here. The blue line is the operational, and the green line is the mean of the ensembles. All right? So the blue line is the operational. And when we get into th the EPO is going negative here starting on Tuesday. Actually, before that, it's, go it's going negative now. It gets down two standard deviations negative. Going into Thursday, Friday, kind of just takes a little slight blip up a little bit Thursday and Friday. So this is the one area you want to watch for in the next couple of days to see if the model shows that EPO being a little bit closer to that minus two as opposed to, say, the minus one and a half. It, it's a subtle difference, but that little extra, you know, that little extra negative in there can be the difference for somebody between snow and rain. Then it kind of trends, it stays negative, trends to the neutral line until we get to next week. So we're talking about Tuesday, what is that, March the 1st, okay? Get this little blip positive, and then all of a sudden, uh, it goes, not only goes negative, Joe, Crashing. look at this, minus, this is, and by the way, this last couple of runs, it's not just this run, it's, it's, it's more than several runs here have done this crashing absolutely crashing by the end of next week so now we're talking about around march 5th or so five stand five standard deviations negative that is off the wall uh as far as um uh, a negative reading is concerned uh that uh, is again march 5th and then it starts to you know of course it can't stay negative like that for a long time the only thing, the only time it ever, I saw that we saw it ever do that was back in 2018 when we had those four nor'easters, because uh, we were off the wall negative on all three teleconnections with that point. At that point, uh, it does start to rise, but we're still even at the end of this forecast period, which is on the seventh, we're still three standard deviations negative. So that is going to favor uh, the uh, colder uh, pattern uh, that uh, I, I, I've been I've, I've been talking about. And that's, again, that's the uh, the European. Uh, we can take a look at the GFS on the uh, East Pacific Oscillation. GFS, EPO. I pre-saved everything. Now, how is that possible? All right, that's going to make me do this the, the hard way. All right, hang on a second. And people are asking on the chat board, where do you get this? And Tim Veldman says... This EPO graph is available on Weatherbell, $240 a year if you really want it. I, that's a little bit more than what I would care. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, I'm not really into looking at such a map, let's say, during uh, the warm months, May, June, July, August. But, uh, yeah, two, and Tom Contino, $240. Well, there you go, Tom. Or you could hope that Tim, Tim passes it along to Joe, and then this way we could all access it and look at it for free, which 
Well, like we want to give credit to Weatherbell. For those of you who did, this is Weatherbell's, these are Weatherbell's charts. Um, and uh, thanks for Timothy Veltman to share them. Hopefully, hopefully JB won't be too angry giving him a free plug here. So, uh, uh, <laughs> or I think it gets a nasty letter from JB saying, what are you Yes, doing? exactly. But here we go. Uh, you got the, um, uh, the, this is the GFS. Now the time frame, uh, the, the bottom of the chart in terms of the time on the European, they're like, they're broken up at 12 hour increments. These are broken up in, into two day increments. So it goes out to, on the last day here is Thursday, the, I cannot, now this one, I, I got to get new glasses. Uh, uh, let's see, this. Well, put a magnifying glass up against your, of your 26, monitor, 28th. Joe. Yeah, something like that. So this goes out actually well up uh, to March. This goes out quite a ways. This this 20, goes out to March. Yeah, but March, you can see in that in that 20, March look 24th. at the look at the negative here. Same as the European minus two, kind of that little blip up at the end of the week, rise up to just above the neutral line. Then the big crash to over five standard deviations, and it takes. Uh, you know, well over a, a week for it to climb back up to the neutral line. Then it goes positive, probably after around the middle of the month, St. Patrick's Day. Joe, that's your, um, you know, that's your, that was what, what you said was your line in the sand uh, with regards to uh, right. winter months. Significant, significant snowfalls. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say that after St. Patrick's Day, you can never, ever see a significant snowfall around here, but they're much fewer and far between after St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember 1967, there was a big 10 inch snowstorm on the first day of spring. Remember 1982, April 6th, we had a blizzard year in New York. Still 28, possible, 28, but, 2018, uh, Joe, 2018, the last nor'easter. Uh, I believe that was Mar March 24th, right. 25th at 20 inches at Islip. Uh, it was their you know greatest right. one day March snowstorm they've ever had, and and uh, they had their their snowiest March on record. So yeah, does it have? Is it is it is it it is rare, but it's not impossible. Uh, so by the way, right. for the teleconnections uh, explanations again, head up to uh, the top of the chat board. Uh, I put the link. Uh, to the University of Wisconsin uh, that to explain uh, how each of these uh, pressure patterns work uh, and uh, what they mean with regards to the overall pattern. So give a click to that link or, you know, save it now and and, and look at it after the show is done. Uh, we just had a super chat hit, I see. We did? I, I see. I didn't see that. I, I see it. one. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Made Ghost. Made Ghost. Hello from the Poconos, as always. Thank you for the education and information. Thank you, Made Ghost. You're new to the chat board. Glad to see you on there, and thank you for hitting Super Chat. Uh, most appreciative on uh, on this uh, nice-looking but uh, very, very uh, cold uh, Sunday uh, that uh, we have uh, in the Northeast. Uh, got 160 folks here on a Sunday morning taking the time out. Uh, welcome uh, to the Joe and Joe Weather Show. If you're new, uh, we're on five days a week. Uh, Sunday through Thursday was a little bit of an abnormal week last week because I had some issues to deal with. Uh, but uh, we're on five days a week, uh, Sunday through Thursday. Sunday's at 11 a.m. Monday through Thursday, we're on at 7.30 p.m. 
If there's a storm going on, we'll be on on Friday and Saturday if there's uh, one that happens to be uh, going on during that time frame. And then we come back also on uh, Sunday morning. So uh, subscribe uh, and uh, with your Gmail account and you'll get notifications every time we do a, uh, a show. Uh, and this way you can join us. Leon Probitsky hitting Super Chat. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, most appreciated, uh, as always. He's got the, I can't see what that is, you know, that, the emoji. I'm not sure what kind of, it looks like sunglasses. Sunglare. Yes, it does. Oh, by the way, by the way, Joe, I sent you, I, I went yesterday uh, up to Brasstown Bald, which is the highest peak in the state of Georgia. And it's, it's, lit, it's, it's less saw. than 10 minutes from my house. It's so close. Uh, it's uh, just under 5,000 feet up. Uh, the the the, uh, the the views from up there were stunning, but I will tell you it was cold up there. It was 37 degrees, and uh, on the drive up through the because uh, we also I also w- went down to Helen, Georgia, which is a kind of a tourist type town. But it was it's it's a uh, your wife, Mrs. Rayo would love Helen, Georgia, Joe. It's it's a German themed uh, touristy kind of town. And they have all these restaurants and shops and things. And uh, uh, Oktoberfest is a big deal there. Uh, she would love it. And it's right inside the mountains. Themselves. You know, it's, it's sort of like in a valley in between all these huge mountains around you. Uh, but on the way there, you're, you're going up into these peaks at three or 4,000 feet. There was actually some snow uh, still there in, in the shaded areas. I was a little surprised to see that. So that kind of tells me that during the, some of the snow events that we had here during the month of January and early February, that uh, they must have got a, 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 a fairly sizable uh, amount of I could tell you that at least on th- two occasions, they had at least six to ten up there uh, with regards to snowfall. So there was still some little piles there uh, that were left. Now, how did we do on your? Uh, I saw that there was a uh, a poll at the very beginning of the show, and have we had any uh, many very many people who have uh, registered their uh, their their one hundred one hundred fifteen votes, Joe? Take a guess at what the percentage is between primary and secondary. The question today on the poll was: Friday, this coming Friday system is a primary low to secondary low setup for rain versus snow and slash ice. Which one dominates, the primary or the secondary? I'll bet a lot of people said the secondary. I, you know what? I am so proud of the folks on the chat board that answered that that voted here. Uh, 115 votes. It's 50 50. 50-50. That's <laughs> and and you know what? That's well, kind of where we are here. 50-50 uh, right. with respect to uh, right. what's going to happen. Uh, in the longer term. So they played it right down. Uh, our, our our friends on the chat board played it right down the middle because I, I thought maybe the snow weenies out there would win out and they'd, they'd go for the secondary situation. But you're right. That's that's how it is stands right now. It could go really either way. And we'll see, you know, by midweek whether or not there's a greater uh, trend toward seeing a secondary development, which would cut off the warm air advection, which would in turn lead to more of a sleet, ice, or snow situation here in the Northeast. We'll see. But right now, it's a little bit early in the game. But 50-50, that's very, very interesting. 
Well, it shows me that um, on both sides, you know, and it's coming out 50-50 like that, uh, you're thinking with your head more than you're thinking with your heart. Which, you, which is, your you know, what what right. you're supposed to do in these sorts of situations. Uh, you, you have to look at what's in front of you and figure it out. And, yeah, um, you're a snow lover. You would love to see it be all snow or, you know, I guess some kind of combination thereof, although I'm not an ice fan by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I, that's nice to – that's good to see. We're making we're making a dent here, uh, Joe. We're, 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 uh, we're having an influence to get people to look at these things in a, in a very unemotional, uh, you don't have a vested interest in the outcome either way, and you kind of look at it that way. Tom Contino says, Joe Rayo, break the tie. I didn't know that I was president of the Senate all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> to break the tie. So, uh. Well, anyway. I Listen, I, I know a few of you have been talking about the weather that's going on in Europe. I, I, I really do I don't. I haven't really been paying close attention, so it's kind of hard for me to 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 uh, comment on it. Uh, other than you know, we could. I guess we could look at the the GFS Europe's view and see see what that does. Uh, let me bring that up really quick. Uh, take a look. Let me set it up beforehand. And I don't. Uh, somebody, uh, I think Tom asked. Uh, Tom Contino asked if I can drink beer uh, with my stomach issues. Uh, I, I actually have not had – I've cooked with wine, but I have not uh, had uh, any wine or beer. I'm not a beer, I'm not a beer drinker, really. But um, uh, By the way, I, I don't mean to cut you off, Joe. Whoever – you know, moderators, could you please get that one person off the chat board with the very uh, condescending name? What's, oh, what is um, it? Let me see. Hold on. This is exciting. Hold on. Um, let me see. Who is it? Who is it? Who's the condescending name? Oh, yes. Get yeah. Get, get yes. Lose it. Please Look, get, get, get. Thank that you. Off. Thank you. Please. Really sad, isn't it, Joe? That some people you don't know, do. That's just yeah. sad. Um, okay, so here we go. I got. Uh, I have it up here. And then I'll. I'll just kind of switch over to the EPO. By the way, the chairman is, I haven't seen him this morning. I hope everything is well. Um, you know, his mom hasn't been well lately, so we send him all our best wishes. Like, kind of in the same boat here because my mom isn't well, so she's, you know, that's where I was over the last few days uh, last week uh, taking care of uh, taking care of her. But uh, she's you know, going to have a little procedure on Tuesday that hopefully will, you know, keep her around and annoying us for a, a, a longer time, you know, for a few more years at least. Uh, here we go. So here's um, here's the upper air. I'm just looking at this. I just want to see how it evolves. It's, it's a big cutoff low that moved up into, into Scotland on uh, on Friday. Then that goes out. Then there's another big one that dives down into the North Sea. That's on. Uh, that's today. Uh, so that's happening right now. So and that moves uh, up into. Uh, 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 Sweden and eventually goes on into uh, northwestern Russia. You see, it's a fairly deep trough that. Ooh, there's a little cutoff there over Naples in southern Italy. So let's look at what this this is going on at the surf, at the surface. And 
I've been hearing Europe has been getting really kicked like a like a piñata, so to speak. Oh yeah, look at this. Uh, these last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, looks like snow today in Ireland, a lot of Ireland, uh, England, Scotland. There's a 9.58 low, Joe, that's coming crashing into northern Scotland and into the North Sea. And that's bringing heavy rains into Germany, uh, into northwestern France, the Netherlands. Uh, and then the colder air comes in and changes it over to snow uh, tonight into tomorrow. And then there's like a secondary little a secondary front that swings around. There's a 9.50, that's a 9.59 low, Joe, that goes south of Sweden, southern Sweden. Uh, and points east. That is some powerhouse here. That's quite the animal that's moving eastward. So they are getting pounded with these storms from the Atlantic coming in. There's yet another one uh, uh, next Thursday. There's another big one. And, well, it's not quite as big as this one. It's a 977 low that goes into Scotland. Uh, and then uh, another one down the road. What is that? A 936 low. A 9.36 low. 36. 36. Between Iceland and and Northern England uh, that goes by. It passes between them. That's an absolute animal that that is rocking up in the North Atlantic. Hey, you get close to March. So um, here's the uh, East Pacific Oscillation graphic. Again, this is courtesy of the University of Wisconsin. And uh, they are, you know, again, uh, it's a pretty easy thing here to kind of look at this and see what the jet stream pattern uh, and how uh, it impacts uh, the weather. I'm just going to let me just switch it so you guys can see it. Whoops, that's not the right one. And let's see. So this is that negative EPO, the East Pacific Oscillation. And the two phases, the negative phase and the positive phase, uh, the negative phase is what I've brought up. So you have the Alaskan Ridge. So you have basically ridging up the West Coast, but into northwestern Canada and kind of pushing up uh, into uh, southeast Alaska. And that creates a deeper trough in the eastern part of the United States. So you can see where the cold air comes down from northwest Canada and goes into the eastern part of the United States. And it translates to warmer weather in Alaska uh, and colder weather <clears throat> spreading across southern Canada and eventually uh, into uh, the eastern part of the United States. And this is a, a, a different gra- graphic view of the same thing here in terms of the negative mode. And when you have the opposite, you're going to be warm. I didn't want to bring every single graphic up there, but <clears throat> this is uh, the negative East Pacific Oscillation uh, Perhaps uh, in a bit of an extreme in terms of how it's drawn, but you get the idea of how the upper air is uh, by just you follow the flow. Ridge in the west, troughing in the east, cold air, and your cold polar flow coming from from out of the Arctic region and moving into the eastern part of the United States, uh, the eastern half of the United States, and even down into the deep south if the trough is deep enough and goes all the way down, like we saw at times during the month of January. And those were the times where I got uh, snow out of it. So... um, Anyway, that that holds the key to the weather for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think uh, I think what's going to happen, Joe, is the uh, system on Friday will be kind of a semi pattern changer and we'll we'll probably go back into a milder airflow for at least the first few days of March. And then after that, as you as you pointed out, with the incredible collapse there. uh, Oh, wait a minute. My my screen is jumping. Is it? 
Well, good. Good. You don't, good you, oh, no, it's, it's back now. You know what? Fine. I can't find. <laughs> no, it's back. I'm trying to find my uh, our video. I can't seem to find it. Nope, that's Carol Merrill. You know, she, she's already <laughs> had enough appearances on this show. So, uh, okay. Well, now I have your graphic. I have the, I have the graphic up now that you have with uh, Ridge of High Pressure and Weather in Alaska and Downstream Trough. And that's nice. There we go. And I keep getting these subtle changes. I keep getting these subtle changes to Omni. Every yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> you, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm not doing. I'm not doing <laughs> subliminal seduction here. I just. I had to maneuver. I have to maneuver like four different windows, and then I got to switch inside each window. So if I'm, you know, I I, I got to be very deliberate. Otherwise, if I try to do it too quick, I click on the wrong buttons, and it just takes longer for us to get there. So we are back up full screen. Uh, okay, so we're at 86 likes, uh, and uh, thank you very much for those of you who have hit the like button. Uh, we uh, love to get to 100 likes, so if you could take us over the top, that would be great. Uh, Paul Roman uh, saying, uh, hitting Super Chat Joe, saying the Joes, JJ, and, and sidelined with a broken shoulder. Sorry to hear from that I last ice storm. We'll return to wrench duty as soon as possible. Yes, do get well, Paul. Sorry to hear you had that fall, but that that goes back to what we said when it comes to being a snow lover, folks. Uh, ice is not ice is evil, you know. Either snow or rain, but when you start to get into that sleep freezing rain nonsense, it, it it's it's just evil. So um, we will uh, try to avoid that as uh, much as possible. I really, Joe, you you probably agree with me. I'm sure you agree with me that ice is just Ice is not nice. Can't do anything with ice. No, absolutely. And I've already had myself. I've already had one, one, one big fall or one big flop early in the year or early in January. We had an icy rain that turned my uh, driveway into a skating rink. And uh, moi made the mistake of trying to walk on that to get the uh, morning paper. And uh, that was not a very, very good idea. So yes, let's, let's hope that we, don't see many more of those type of episodes between now and the end of the winter season. And by the way, I'm just checking here on Pivotal Weather. Um, on Pivotal Weather, I'm just looking at the snow amounts that were generated by uh, the GFS uh, with, with what it has. And, and by the way, the snow maps on Pivotal are, are without ice. You got to be careful when you use tropical tidbits because those 10 to 1 snow maps have ice included in there. The, 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 it doesn't account for sleet, so you want to have to subtract that out. So that's why you might see the GFS produce big numbers there. But the map's kind of useless if, if, if it's going to make sleet look like snow. This is more reasonable. But Joe basically has like a 6-inch plus snowfall from 195 north and then a sharp cutoff once you get into southern New Jersey. Uh, and, and Philadelphia on south, it goes from being, you go from six inches at 195 to nothing at Atlantic City. So it, it really sharply cuts off uh, once you get further to the south. Uh, so that's what it's going to probably be. You're either going to be on the edge of uh, of something sizable or, or, or you're going to be just outside of it, depending on your location. It, again, it, yeah, assuming that the uh, assuming the GFS were a perfect prog, which we know it's not, so not at this stage of the game. So, <laughs> not at this stage of the game. 98, 98 likes. 
Two more likes, please. Yeah, because I got to take JJ to the dog park. Just, Go, that... just get us to 100. Let's get to 100 and then close close the book. There we go. We hit 100. That's it. JJ's off to the dog park, and uh, I'm off. Okay, too. very so. good. All right, so everybody have a great Sunday. Thanks for being here. As far as I know, normal schedule this week. You got anything going on on any day? Nope, nothing. Uh, nothing. Okay, Zilch. perfect. Tomorrow is Washington's Washington's birthday tomorrow or President's Day or whichever way you want to call it. And just a little bit of a remembrance here. I don't know how many of you were around. 60 years ago today, Joe, all of America halted and watched as John Glenn became the first American to orbit the uh, orbit the Earth. Did it three times in Friendship 7. Big, big news back then. That was six decades ago, 60 years ago today, February 20th, 1962. And I was there, and I think you were around then, although I don't know if you have any rem- memories of yeah, that, remembrances remember. of that. But uh but, but very very slight, but I 60 remember years very ago. slight. Because I'm a yep. little, I'm a couple of years younger than you, so just a couple. I I I remember my, my uh, after he came back, big celebrations, ticker tape parades here in New York, and he was actually on the East River. They put him on a ship with like fireboats that were streaming water out in all directions, and I was on the FDR Drive with my uh, my grandparents, we were watching this as, as he's slowly sailing by and we're waving and everything else. And uh, more than 20 years later, 25 years later, I was, uh, I was at Cape Canaveral covering the first launch of a space shuttle after the Challenger blew up. This was like two years after the Challenger disaster. And I was in the press center doing some... Uh, uh, reports for i was doing radio stations back then i'm standing there doing one report for tom's river new jersey wobm i was on the line giving a report for wobm about this about the next launch of uh, the space shuttle i turn around and who's standing all by himself in the middle of the press center drinking a can of coke but john glenn and i said it was carolyn jones was the news director i said carolyn i gotta go john glenn is standing all by himself <laughs> and i got and i like slammed the phone down on her, ran over to him with my tape recorder. I said, Senator Glenn, could you, would you mind if I ask you a few questions? And he said, sure. And I'm getting my tape recorder ready. And I said, I say to myself, what the hell do I ask him? What the hell? It's John Glenn. And I'm standing like two feet from John Glenn. And I hold the microphone up. I ask him about how he feels about this first mission of the shuttle after the Challenger. He starts talking. And as I'm ta- as he's talking, I'm looking at my microphone, and all of a sudden, from all different directions, there's like five or six different microphones from five or six different outlets, radio and television outlets, uh, that's, that, it, that came from all directions who saw me talking by myself to John Glenn. And before this, you know, the whole people are getting ready to answer the answer question now. And I said, if I may have a follow-up question, and he's, he answered the follow-up, but I'll never forget that. That was, that was an amazing situation to be one-on-one with a guy who I remember as a very young boy watching as he was sailing down the East River, you know, fireboats and everything else, uh, a national hero. And here I was all these years later standing there interviewing him one-on-one at Cape Canaveral. An amazing memory. And again, that was 60 years ago when John Glenn went into orbit uh, three times around the Earth in uh, his Friendship uh, 7 capsule. A great memory and a great moment 
in American it's history. It's great when you see them doing ordinary things. You know, you have these this view of a lot of famous people. You know, that if you're if you're a fan of somebody, uh, when you if if you when you run into them, if you do get the, you know if you're lucky enough to run into them, and you're seeing them doing ordinary things like drinking a can of Coke. I mean, you just don't visualize your right. heroes as drinking cans of Coke. There's just you know they're supposed to be drinking things handed down personally by the gods, and they're just kind of you know some sort of nectar in a chalice or something. No, it's a can of Coke. You know, we they do. We, they do Renata, eat, sleep, Renata and go to the says, bathroom like the rest of us. Renata, Renata says that she remembers that moment because she was separated from me at the moment. And then when she came into the press center, she said, the, she, she tells people this question. She said, the first thing I come in when I come into the press center, and there, there's my husband standing there next to John Glenn drinking a can of Coke. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like the, the – that's, you know, like, there he is drinking a can of Coke. <laughs> you know. Oak, why not Pepsi? I mean, you know, this, these are, you know, they're yeah, doing ordinary exactly. things because, like I said, they, they're all human just like the rest of us, rumors to the contrary. Uh, yes. The poll finishes up today a slight, ever so slight, within the margin of error lead for the secondary now, Joe, 51-49 with 129 votes. So but still very split. So you know what? We're going to revisit this question over the next couple of days and we'll see how the vote goes um, and – uh, and follow it along. So I hope you enjoyed the show today. Thanks for being here. Uh, everything should get back to normal tomorrow. We'll have Briller Jeopardy. Uh, we'll uh, take a look at everything that's going on. Uh, Joe, have a great afternoon. Everybody on the chat board and watching the show today, have a great rest of your Sunday. And we'll see you tomorrow night at 7.30 Eastern time. Have a good day, folks. We'll see you tomorrow night.